Hi, and welcome to Weekend Shenanigans Podcast, uh, first inaugural episode. I'm Bill. I'm Steven. Welcome, Steven. Thanks for joining me. So, we uh, decided we were going to do a podcast that was generally associated with college football, tailgating, and something close to our heart, Georgia Tech football. Go Jackets. Yeah, go Jackets to hell with Georgia. Just to give you guys a little idea about what we are going to be doing here, uh, we're going to be covering tailgating, Georgia Tech, and college sports in general. So, a little background about us. Us and a couple of our idiot friends have been tailgating and, and supporting Georgia Tech Athletics now for a number of years. What, Stephen, like, how long have you been tailgating and going to Tech games? Uh, definitely since 2009, uh, consistently. You know, before that, a little bit off and on during college. Since 2009, I've been at every single home game. Everyone? Everyone. Oh, damn. You're way better than me. Uh I'm about the same time, went to Georgia Tech between 04 and 09, and uh, been a season ticket holder to Georgia Tech football ever since. Also uh, support Georgia Tech baseball by having season tickets and try to go to as many other games, volleyball, basketball. Uh, haven't been to any swimming contests yet. We're, we're counting on some of our friends. No tennis either? Nah, not much tennis. Uh, but yeah, try to support the, the Jackets, uh, obviously here in Atlanta, so... A lot of other uh, sports going on, too. Plenty of Falcons games. Uh, Atlanta United, the new soccer team uh, representing Atlanta and MLS. The Atlanta Braves, which Bill refuses to acknowledge. Yeah, the the Cobb County Braves are still a thing, so uh, we'll have to get some special correspondence. I don't, I don't travel OTP too often for uh, sporting events like that, but uh, that's okay. So I guess... Uh, we're, we're going to try to put this t- uh, podcast out on a, on a fairly consistent basis. Don't expect it to be weekly or anything like that. But uh, ever, whenever we're going to have a big tailgate or something coming up or, you know, generally something we want to speak our minds about, we figured we would come together and uh, let you guys hear it. And if the 12 people out there listening have any suggestions or want to hear from us more often, please feel free to drop us a line. Yeah, thanks, Mom. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> So, anyway, we're going to have some of our uh, other members of the Weekend Shenanigans Professional Tailgate Association join us uh, at certain points throughout this podcast. So, you'll probably get introduced to a number of them over time, uh, just because clearly we don't do this all on our own. Uh, it's, a, it's a team effort. It takes that, a village. Yeah. We, we are the idiots. The village is kind of supporting us. So, All right. With that, we'll uh, jump into... I guess tailgating and, and what we did this year and kind of how we see ourselves as part of uh, the Georgia Tech scene. So I, I guess for a long time, we've been tailgating every week uh, for Georgia Tech football. Generally, it, it historically has been over in in the Tech Square area of, of Georgia on the Tech, bridge. if you're familiar. Yeah, um, where the poor college kids can tailgate without buying a parking pass and kind of just you know, first come, first serve. I think what... Stephen, you think generally we have the the staples, the like coolers, grills, music, tents. You you got to have that. You you got to start with the basics. Uh, definitely got to have a cooler. Yep, beer is important. Ice. Ice also important. <laughs> I love a good Yeti cooler. Yeah, Stephen. Stephen's a big if, fan. If of... you have the GT on it, it's even better. You got to rep the school at all times. Got to rep the brand. Got to rep the brand. The more GT apparel and and you know miscellaneous trinkets you can have, the better. Yeah, trinkets are a big part. You'll you'll come to find out that we love a good trinket, especially if it's uh, associated with tech or tailgating or something like that. I I know for a long time, I think both of us probably have uh, been receiving you know 
instead of like traditional Christmas gifts, our families just give us something tailgate related. Yes, everything, every gift has has the G and the T on it. Yeah, you know, whether it's a tent or a cooler or whatever, you know. So we'll get into that some more. Um, recently, though, this year we we changed locations. We moved over to a more permanent spot in the center of Georgia Tech's campus with uh, a little more dedicated green space to to put up the tent. What did you think about the spot this year? It was it was a nice move. It was interesting. You know, we had to get acquainted to the new spots and uh, find out how to get around, meet all our neighbors, make friends. You know, just just totally different vibe. We did not have to run into any Miami fans that had a kiddie pool full of beer and uh, stole a vehicle fans. in the car. They're they're the worst. Yeah. Thanks for listening. If you're a Miami fan, though. Shout out to Miami, the U, the, <laughs> the turnover U. chain. Yeah, turnover chain. Sorry about your loss to Clemson this weekend. That was uh, that was a little ugly. It wasn't as bad as their loss to um. Who else did they lose to? Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Put Pitt in. Put Pitt in. And Pitt beat Clemson last year too. Yep. Pitt they beat strong. they beat Clemson and Penn State two two playoff teams last year. Put Pitt in. Shout out shout out to Pitt. They lost the rank to Georgia Tech this year. Yeah, we'll they that, they right? kind of are trash. Well, we'll get to Georgia Tech season. Uh, so talking a little bit more about tailgating, we tried to kind of rotate who was uh, in charge and rotate themes this year. What'd you, what'd you think about tailgate this year? What was your favorite one? Um, the best tailgate this year was probably, uh, it was probably Virginia Tech. We had a strong turnout. I hosted that one, but I'm not even saying that for the reason why. We had a strong turnout there and um, we got a win. Which is which is always that good. always does help the memory of a tailgate. Um, if you, you know, it was, if you win it was the a game. win over a ranked team. It was a later in the day game. The only not noon game. No, not I, noon I home think, game. I think Wake Forest was late. Was too. Wake Forest a three thirty? It might have been a three thirty as well. Yeah, it definitely. We we got uh, hosed early in the season with a lot of noon kickoffs. Uh, thanks ACC Network. Those, those noon kickoffs make for a rough day. Yeah, so obviously the noon kickoffs were out there, what, between 7 and 7.30? Basically when the lot opens, try to be there, stake our claim, make sure we have our spot. Some, some people are out there that early. Yeah, we, we send out the early crew, those those who of us who are too old for uh, staying up late and would rather get up early and start drinking at the butt crack at dawn. Shout out to Bill and Anna, yeah. Justin and Dana, early crew. K&D. Also, Han and Caroline represented well in the early crew. So, So we we try to get out there early, stake our claim, get our spot, you know, generally set up the the tents, place the generator, get the grills out there. You know, if we're cooking breakfast that day, get the griddle up, crack some eggs, you know, drink some mimosas or some some morning beverages. But yeah, obviously, Virginia Tech being a uh, big home game, that was, you know. There's a lot of people, good crowd. The stadium was loud for that one. You know, it was a good show up, good win, little little close, but we pulled through. Yeah, I felt like we did a good job as as a team with that one. So it was definitely a uh, a good game and a, and a good tailgate. So speaking of uh, games, let's uh, let's roll into the Georgia Tech football season and kind of go through a rundown of what we did this year. So terrible. Uh, yeah, the T and GT stood for terrible some games this year. Thanks. Thanks, Jerry. Thanks, Jerry. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, we did win five games this year, which was definitely not up to standards. Jacksonville State, Pittsburgh, UNC, Wake, and Virginia Tech. We lost six. Tennessee, Miami, Clemson, UVA, Duke. Shout out to Duke and Durham for being just 
terrible to me while I, I went up to that game. And then lost to uh, the team from Athens. That was also terrible. You know, Duke was a really upsetting loss to me this year because it's like the third, fourth year in a row we've lost to Duke. There seems to be something about playing David Cutcliffe that, uh, you know. When for so long Duke was just so terrible. And now, shout out to Duke. They've turned the program around. They seem to be playing some real football. You know, they're they're really winning games and doing well. Man, it's just, I don't, I don't it's, know if you could call them doing well. They've just managed to have our number the last couple of years, it seems. Uh, I'm looking back. We actually beat them in 16, but we lost to them in 15. Uh, we lost to them in 14, and we, we, we beat them in 13. So Yeah, they, they ended up 3-5 and five in the ACC this year, 6-6. Six and six, So basically, they, they did worse than us in conference and beat up on some out-of-conference teams, so... Not, not not real happy with that loss to Duke. My, myself and one of our uh, other buddies went up to that game. I was a little bit under the weather, had been out the night before. So it was a, a fun experience having to deal with losing a road game, being in their stadium, and, and having to lose it to a team that basically had 45 fans show up to the game. I think it's a game. Could have won, too. I don't know about that. We gave up touchdowns on, not touchdowns, yeah, gave up scores no. on the first 10 possessions yeah, you're right. on defense. We, yeah, no. I'm not, I'm not sure we could have won that one. one of the, uh, the ones we should have won. Tennessee, we should have won. Yeah. So, yeah, let's start at the top. Tennessee, that was a frustrating game. Lost in overtime at, at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. So, that was, uh, was that your first time in the Benz? It was most everyone's first time at the Benz. Most oh, no, some soccer people had been in there. Yeah, a couple of MLS fans had been there for uh, Atlanta United games. There was uh, wander around kind of sessions, you know, soft opening kind of stuff. But that was a fun game. Great stadium. It's a great stadium. Uh, it just hosted the SEC Championship. And Terrible it's game. going to be the home of NCAA College Football Playoff Finals game this year. Hopefully we're watching some good football over the next couple of weeks while we lead up to, to that and then... You know, get a get a good game here in Atlanta. I know people, Georgia fans specifically, are already buying tickets for that nonsense. So I, I, lots of lots of people are buying tickets. Lots of lots of Alabama fans bought a lot of tickets, and they they were real nervous about it. They made it in. But they're in. We'll get we'll get to them in a minute. So should have beat Tennessee. Lost that one. That was kind of. Uh, Taquan Marshall looked great in that game. Yeah, it was a good start to the season, even in a loss, just because we had no idea what we had at quarterback going no. into that game. Taquan Marshall ran for, if I remember right, 249 yards. Just an absolute great day for a first-time starting quarterback. 249 yards, five touchdowns. Yeah, just, I mean, all you could ask for. So we kind of came out of that game uh, a little bit excited. You know, a little bit excited about what we could be as a team. Obviously, wanted to win, but not the worst. From there, we went back to Bobby Dodd Stadium. Beat up on Jacksonville State. Thanks, Jacksonville State, for coming and taking our money. And then it kind of gets into the weird part of our season. So that was kind of the interesting first game as the Chick-fil-A kickoff bowl. Play the the team that's coming in for the payday. And then and we it, were... Well, it, 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 going back to Tennessee real quick, at that point in time, Tennessee was ranked number 25. That's true. So, no one realized they were going to be trash all year. Well, they did have the turnover trash can. That's true. Yeah. So turnover we, we chain kinda, is greater than turnover chain. We, we should have known that Butch Jones was, you know, had a dumpster fire on his hands there in, in Knoxville. That's lit. Anyway, we get back to Jacksonville State, beat up on them at home, and then we're supposed to go on the road for UCF, but that gets hurricaned out. And they wouldn't come see us. They would not come play here. Uh, apparently it was sunny for most of Saturday, but uh, UCF used that as an excuse not to take an L. 
And I say that as big of a homer as I am. And at that point, we're one and one going into but conference UCF play. is undefeated. Put them in. Yeah, UCF is undefeated now. That that we'll we'll get to that a little bit as well. Uh, we come home, starting conference play, just absolutely trounce Pitt at home, thirty-five seventeen. Next week, play UNC, whoop them thirty-three to seven. Honestly, at that point in time, I'm feeling really good. Feeling great. Like I, I'm all sorts of pumped about what we could do. We beat two teams that I thought should have been closer. Yeah. Obviously now at the end of the season, I know more about who UNC and who Pitt are, but at that time I'm thinking of them as, you know, your traditional four, four and four kind of middle of the pack ACC teams. From there we have to play Miami. And postponed this is, Miami. Uh, yeah. Postponed. Miami game was postponed from Thursday night because they had to play FSU uh, as a makeup game. Instead of playing Thursday night, we get to play them on Saturday. We were actually uh, out in Las Vegas for uh, a bachelor party. Congrats, Steve, on uh, good times. Good you know, times. Having a bachelor party. Somebody, yep. Somebody's getting married in this spring, so or I guess winter, technically. Winter. Winter wedding. So then we get out to Vegas, and we're watching Miami and, and trying to support as best we can. Uh, it's an away game for us. Honestly, another good showing and a loss. We, we played well against. It's a game we should have won. Yeah, should have won it. You know, couldn't couldn't we, stop we, anything on, on fourth down. We bounced the ball off our defender's head and they caught it. Yeah, and and couldn't stop the bubble screen to save our lives. Yeah, Miami goes down, score, the go ahead score with what, ten eleven seconds left. It's, it seemed. Yeah, I'm uh, looking at four four seconds left of that field goal. Yeah. Yeah, the four seconds left for for the twenty four yard field goal to win the game. I'm, I'm looking at this. We were winning that whole game. ESPN had us. But the win probability in our favor, a majority of the game, even right down to the very end, and then at the last minute, just bounced back to Miami. Yep. So this is kind of the point in the season where I started to scratch my head about, you know, what kind of team is this going to be? You know, we'd beaten some what are starting to look like bad teams at this point. You know, we were really starting to figure out what UNC was. We were looking ahead at our schedule. And you still have Clemson, who was highly ranked. You still have Virginia Tech, who was ranked. And you still have Georgia, who was in the top 10 at that point as well. And you're starting to take a look at, okay, where do we get to, you know, what what games are ahead that are winnable? What games ahead are, are probably going to be losses? And where are the toss-up games? And it kind of was an interesting schedule. You look ahead and you see Wake at home and you think, okay, that's, that's a win. And turned out that way. Uh, you look ahead and you see Clemson on the road. Uh, unfortunately, that's going to be hard even in a bad Clemson team. And this is a good Clemson team this year. So that was a difficult game. In the rain once again, too. Yeah, it we, seemed we were like not every, doing good in the rain. every game away was in the rain. Miami, Clemson. It was just kind of weird like that this year. And then you start to see Virginia on the schedule. And yeah, it's at Scott Stadium where historically Tech has had problems, but it was uh, not supposed to be a loss. That one I think you would have chalked up as a win if uh, we were we were expected to win that one. We were definitely expected to win that one going in. Uh, but man, that was just heartbreaking. Is that the right word? Disappointing. It was a it was a bad game. We went into halftime with the lead, tied I think at the end of the third, yeah. and then just. Just gave it up there in the fourth. Yeah. Needless to say, we lost that game on the road, so that was kind of uh, a big one at that point. At that point, we had, what, four losses? 
and we're you know sitting right there on okay we can still get to bowl eligibility but not necessarily the greatest lineup going out so next week have to play virginia tech and and again looking at a mediocre georgia tech team versus a ranked virginia tech team and yeah it is at home but we're you know i I think you have to think we're the dog in that yeah i think we were anyway we get to virginia tech and uh, like you said that was one of the best games of the year we uh pulled out an upset on that one really kind of controlled the game more than the score would show it's you know ended up 28 22 but i think i felt I mean, you know more seven control. to three at the end of the first nine to 14 at the end of the second 16 21 and then the third ended up 22 28 yeah we gave up the infamous end of the first half touchdown to virginia tech that was kind of notorious of ted roofs i think it was a touchdown right at the end of the first Yep. Three minutes left at the end of the first, three and a half minutes left. Kind of kind of the staple of our defense this year was giving up late scores and halves, not not being real tight uh, when it really counted. Leak. The roof was leaking. Yeah, the roof was leaking. Anyway, so we won Virginia Tech. And at that point, okay, great. We've got five wins and two games left, Duke and UGA. And Duke, honestly, was not good this year. They were uh, you know, supposed to be somebody we were going to beat on the road. Uh, my buddy and I drove up. We were up favored there. by a touchdown yeah. going into that game. Favored by a touchdown, and again, if you've ever seen a game televised at Duke, you'll know that their stadium is not exactly the biggest. It holds about forty thousand. It's got a large track around the field. Ah, uh, they took the track out finally. Oh man! So no more track around the field. It's not quite the high school stadium it once was, but it uh, wasn't supposed to be too much of a challenge. So a buddy and I decided to drive up, got ten dollar tickets in the fourth row, and went up. Uh, and and we're determined to cheer on our team. And we kind of came out okay in that game. It was tied 20-all at the half. Again, gave up a late score in the first half to uh, Duke. Defense all year just wasn't able to close out at the end of halves. Honestly, at this point in time, I was just feeling horrible. Just absolutely trash. And Duke shut us out for the rest of the game. Yeah. No more scoring. We didn't score after that, which just made being in Durham absolutely wonderful for for yours truly uh you know the 45 duke fans that were there it it was a little more packed than that it was probably two-thirds full but it it did not it was not an intimidating environment and we shouldn't have been having to deal with duke fans talking trash to us i will say the highlight of 20 20, people in attendance 20,000 20,000 okay so it was half full i will say the highlight of that trip was watching paul johnson absolutely destroy a Duke fan who had been heckling him the entire game. Duke fan had just been giving it to him, especially in the second half when they were up. And finally, Paul Johnson takes his headset off, turns around, and just yells fat ass at the guy. And then just stops him, makes sure he sees him like, yes, you, fat ass. It was it was absolutely incredible. Uh, you know, you don't love seeing your coach, somebody get under his skin like that, but I did like him standing up for himself a little bit. That, that made me feel good. Shout out to Paul. CPJ. So anyway, lost that Duke game. That gave us six losses. Excuse me, five losses at that point. And so we're five and five going into play UGA, who had recently come off of a loss to Auburn. So they weren't... War Eagle? Yeah, War Damn Eagle. They, they weren't undefeated at that point. But uh, let's just say it was going to take a Herculean effort that day. Uh, I like to think that the recent history of this series has been closer than the records would show. 
You know, there seemed to be a lot of games that were either going to overtime or were one-score games at the end. Tight games. This was not one of those. No. Blowout. It's yeah. terrible. We we scored once early, and uh, I proceeded to then drink away the rest of my sorrows through that game. Almost got in a fight with the UGA fan who followed me to buy a Coke, which was not you know, surprising, but just astounding that UGA fans will try to fight you anywhere. Just incredible. Yeah. So I think that brings us up to date on the Georgia Tech season. Any thoughts going off of that? Things that you thought went well, things that you thought went bad, things you want changed for, for next year? I like Taekwon. Yep. think we got a quarterback. Taekwon? Taekwon. 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 I'm going, I'm Taekwon. calling Quan. Quan, if you're listening, shout out. Great season. We appreciate you. Good running backs. Curvante did a great job, you know, his first year starting. Yeah. The offensive line, not not something that was, you know, always a strength of ours, but they seem to hold their own. I don't remember as many sacks and as many rushed passes as previous years, so I guess that that's a, a good thing. On defense. Our punter's good. Yeah, yeah, Harvin. our punter's good. That that might be what we have to say about our defense. Our our punter is good. We've got a great punter. <laughs> yep, Presley Harvin third. Good job this year as a freshman. Uh, can't wait to see where where you go. You know, I, I I would not be surprised if the kid were to win the Ray Guy Award before he's done at Tech. And uh, Ricky June, he stepped up and did what he needed to do. Yep, Ricky June, uh, senior wide receiver, was. Uh, one of the highlights of, of the receiving core. Him and Brad Stewart made up most of the catches, obviously. You know, Quay Cersei, too. Quay, Quay did get some some catches as well. He He's always good for uh, sneaking out of the backfield from the A-back position. So, yeah, I think on offense we've, we've got something to play with going forward. We'll have to fill in some pieces. Uh, you know, you're going to lose uh, a lineman or two and lose Ricky June, but good good returning pieces will be coming back there next year. On defense, we're going to lose a couple in the secondary. I guess the the biggest loss there is going to be Lance and Lawrence Austin. Those guys have been kind of a staple in the defensive backfield for a number of years now. So never great to lose all those uh, reps, but uh, got a couple guys coming back back there that are supposed to be good. Had a couple of young guys step up this year, freshmen that uh, you weren't really expecting to play. In the linebacking core, you got uh, Bruce Jordan-Swilling, who uh, really stepped up this year. Vic Alexander's going to have something to say next year. Uh, on the defensive line, you got Branch. You got Kyle Serge Henderson. Um, I feel good about the defense. I, I guess my concern with them is is what we're going to be doing from a coaching perspective, how we make better adjustments to some of the things we saw and where people uh, seem to really take advantage of us in terms of the bubble screens and some of the run read option plays that if they ran it once, they realized it worked and they ran it a dozen or two dozen times in the game. Same play kept beating us over and over. Yeah. So that's obviously what my concern is. I think we've got the players there. I just, um, I'm, I'm hopeful that we can do a little film work and straighten out some of the schematic things that, that gave us some problems. It, it, we, we just got to get some pressure. Yeah. Quarterback pressure would be good. That, that always helps. So, all right, we'll, we'll leave it there for Georgia Tech football and pivot to the college football world in a whole. So, Stephen, what, what was your favorite 
favorite story, favorite thing outside of Georgia Tech football this year? What what really sticks out in your mind about the 2017 season? First thing I can think of is uh, Troy beating LSU. Oh yeah, that was good, and and not in a like we really care about either one of those teams thing, but we have we have a buddy. It's always good to see a good upset. Yeah, we've got a buddy who's a uh, big time LSU fan. Gumbo, gumbo, gumbo. And watching uh, Troy beat LSU definitely got under his skin a little, which is always always what you want for your friends is to be able to give them a little, you know, give them a little ribbing about their team losing to somebody they should just absolutely trounce. What else do you remember about this year that, that really sticks out? It's been an interesting season, you know. I mean, all, all around some of the teams that have ended up, you know, none of the teams in the in the playoffs are undefeated. Yeah. That's the first time that's happened. Uh, Alabama managed to slide back in there. You know, Oklahoma's back in again. Clemson's back in again. Georgia's obviously the newcomer. Yeah, I, and obviously the quote-unquote Power Six Conference had an undefeated team, uh, the American Athletic Conference with UCF. We mentioned them earlier that they dodged a game versus a Power Five team. You think that came back to bottom? You think if they beat Tech in the regular season, they're they're more in the conversation? I think they here? would have ended up ranked a lot higher. Yeah. At the, at the end, I don't think they would have gotten into the Final Four. Where did they end up? Number 12? I think they would have definitely been in the top 10. Yeah, I tend to agree. I think they would have crossed into the top 10, but I'm not sure anybody is going to put a, an, even an undefeated UCF with a Power 5 win on their record. Uh well, they are headed to see uh, Auburn in the bowl game, so we will see a good bit of what they're made of. Yeah, we'll with probably that game. I feel like we'll probably have to do a bowl picks uh, episode here before too long. I, I think Auburn's uh, running back was hurt in the SEC championship game, and it was slowing them down a little bit. Yeah, Carryon Johnson definitely was not at a hundred percent. So, good luck UCF. You're going to need it, or I might be totally wrong. You never know. All right. Uh, what was the best non-Georgia Tech game you watched this year? I've got one if you if you don't have I, one. I, I know what it was. It was um, it was the Ohio State Penn State game. Ohio State Penn State, huh? It was a great game. Okay. It came down to the very end. Penn State had led most of that game and seemed to be walking away from it, walking away with it, and Ohio State came back and just shut them down in the fourth quarter. It's a great game. Okay. Yeah, it, it certainly, you know, that that was the game that pretty much, you know, in my opinion, decided who was going to win the Big Ten. Yeah, I, I wasn't a big Wisconsin believer, uh, even though they were undefeated going into the championship game. I thought I didn't believe it. I thought, you know, whether it was Penn State or whether it was Ohio State, whoever came out of that half of the Big Ten was going to probably win, win the whole thing. Um, and obviously at that point they're, you know, looking at going into the college football playoff, uh, you know, potentially. Yeah, I, I think that was kind of a yeah, – it was a good game. Um, I liked watching Iowa State beat up on a couple people this year too. Iowa State did have a rather surprising little run there in the middle of the year where they uh, beat who, both – Number number three, Oklahoma. Yeah, Oklahoma, TCU. And number four, TCU. Yeah, and that was fun. I, I like it when – you're non-traditional and you're not you're not your blue bloods are uh 
having something to say about their conference and about college football as a whole. That's, that's always fun. I think for me, you know, and I, I hate that we didn't get to see them play our jackets. UCF might've had the two most interesting games I watched all year. And they happen to be recent. Uh, UCF USF was absolutely one of the most entertaining games I've watched in a long time. It was, uh, back and forth all game long. You didn't really know, who, you know, it kind of felt like one of those games where whoever had the ball last was going to to win the whole thing. And it was for the division title in the American Athletic Conference. So it was one of those games where, uh, you know, everything was on the line, even though uh, South Florida had a loss already. They, they would take the title if they had won there. Yeah, I mean, looking at the stats, they scored, you know, four touchdowns in the first quarter, two in the second three in the third and four in the fourth quarter, including the the kind of awesome part where they they score touchdown, touchdown, and then kick return touchdown on two straight snaps, three straight plays from, or two plays from scrimmage. You know, it was uh, absolutely exciting. We were sitting around watching it with some friends and, uh, you know, absolutely one of the games of, of the year. I kind of fight the same way about the uh, American Athletic Conference's championship game. I love that they play it on uh, one of the home team's fields. Uh, the home team's field is, is the whoever had the better record, and they don't just play it in a you know, NFL stadium. Yeah. So it was played in, in Orlando, and you know that game, Memphis was uh, really, really giving them a run for their money. It was one of those games that... It's a good game, high scoring. Yeah, I mean, what a couple couple overtimes. Uh, it seemed like the only th- only way drives were stopped was quarterbacks making mistake. It wasn't really the defenses more than anything else. It was, you know, the quarterback throwing a pick or or something along those lines. So, really cool game. Uh, went back and forth, and and uh, you know, while it seemed like UCF had the upper hand really started in the third quarter. The first half, Memphis got out to a little bit of a lead, but uh, UCF kind of pulled away a little in the third quarter. Memphis clawed back into it in, in the fourth quarter and then go to overtime. Both teams score touchdown in the first overtime. Second overtime, UCF has the ball first, scores the touchdown, picks them off to, to win the game. And I like this game again because it was a rematch of uh, a game earlier in the season too. And earlier in the season, it was at Memphis, I believe. No, I'm, I'm wrong. It was at UCF. And UCF just ran him out of the building. One forty to 13. That last touchdown to make it 13 by Memphis was uh, with time expiring, basically. So it, it was, wasn't even that close. You know, just one of those good stories where a team comes back and kind of, yeah, they didn't win the, the championship, but Memphis really showed well in the in the second matchup. So kudos to them. I'm, I was, like I said, really impressed with that game and, and kind of excited to see what Memphis does next year. You know, hopefully they get to keep their coach around. Um, that's, you know, he's been talk of moving somewhere, but. Uh, UCF coach is going to Nebraska. Yeah. Scott Frost is going to Nebraska. So let's, let's talk a little bit about coaching changes and uh, what, what you think about what's happened so far. And kind of where we where we see some of the the interesting stuff on Jimbo Fisher's getting paid. Yeah, Jimbo's getting paid. Do you think there's any chance that he lives up to what ten million, ten, 10 years, seventy five million dollars guaranteed? Like, 
that that's championship or bust, right? Yes, definitely. They're gonna. I think they expect it. Um, Can A and M do that in in the SEC? I mean, they got to beat Saban. They got to beat Auburn. Yep. LSU's, you know, still gonna out recruit them. Maybe, maybe they get out recruit. I don't know. There's there's a lot of talent in Texas, but there's a lot of teams in Texas. Yeah. Speaking of A and M. Do you find it interesting how they got rid of Kevin Sumlin? It was rumored that he was going to be going to uh, take the Arizona State job, and before he was going to take it, they decided to fire him, and that cost him, I guess, $11 million? Had to pay it out quick, too. Yeah. So you you surprised that they did that and didn't just kind of dare him to go and take the other job? I mean, it's not like they signed Jimbo anytime right after it. It took them another week or two to figure that out. I, I think they had their plan all along. I think they wanted to get Jimbo up there, and they were ready to do it. Okay. Speaking of Arizona State, they hired Herm Edwards, uh, and I don't know if you saw it today, but he took his first press conference as head of uh, head coach of Arizona State. Did you catch that one? No, did not. It was great. Local reporter from, uh, I believe it's the Devil Digest, you know, the Arizona State Sun Devils. He, he was introducing himself to Herm. Herm goes, wait, where, where are you from? Devil Digest. He goes, I don't like them devils. I'm a Catholic boy. So that, that made the, uh, the memes of the day that like, who, who's going to tell Herm that, uh, that the name of his team is the sun devils. Yeah. So, and then I guess the, uh, ultimate and all like what the hell is going on coaching searches, Tennessee, Tennessee, yeah, Butch Jones gone, took him out with the trash can. And then they got rid of their athletic director after failing to hire Lane Kiffin, me, you. It's a dumpster fire. It's a dumpster fire. Greg Schiano obviously is what got the AD fired. And now Philip Fulmer is uh, taken over in that role, which is kind of interesting seeing as they haven't had a good coach since he was coach there uh, back in the late 90s, early 2000s. Do you think they get this thing sorted out in the next week or so? No. You think it keeps going? Yeah. Man. It's, it's going to drag out. I mean, because... You know, all the names that I hear tossed around, the the Cutcliffe, the Duke coach, they said he didn't want anything to do with it. Lane Kiffin didn't want anything to do with it. I mean, people just don't want to touch it. Now, Cutcliffe's a good good mention there because he actually worked for Philip Fulmer. Now that Philip Fulmer's the AD, do you think that changes his mind on uh, having any, any thoughts of going back to Tennessee? No. All right. Well, we'll see on that one. And uh, I, I guess they'll have to get a coach at some point soon, but... Who they get is, uh... or they could just leave it up to Twitter. I mean, the, the, <laughs> the tweets got going, and get you know, the Twitter they, mob. They, they threw the one coach out. I mean, they can just, you know, you can sit in the in the stadium, tweet the next play. It shows up on the screen. And they run it. Yeah, and it's simple. Uh, yeah, maybe they yeah they just go straight up esports. Have the best fourteen year old at uh, Madden go out there and just call the plays uh, via console. Yeah. Yeah, that Madden playbook is deep. <laughs> I would love to see somebody actually do that, outsource to uh, you know, the best Madden player. Shoot, one of the one of the AAC teams or one of the, you know. Fourth and twenty-five, going for it. They say you should do that more often. I hear it's. I hear it's. Uh, I mean, the odds are good. CPJ likes it. He likes it from short. Fourth downs, the down you get stuff done. Yeah, he'll go. He'll go fourth and long. He will. It just uh, have to be on the right side of the field. Well, 
Speaking of CPJ, we will uh, talk a little bit more about him and about coaching uh, at Georgia Tech in our next episode. But uh, I guess from now, from the uh, Westside WSPTA studios, this is uh, Bill and Steven signing off for Weekend Shenanigans. Have a uh, great week, and uh, we'll catch you before the bowls. Sounds good. All right. Thanks, Steve.